This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118.24 As we begin this time of relaxation and prayer today, make sure you are in a comfortable position. If possible, place your feet flat on the floor. Let your arms rest on your lap. As we begin, take a deep breath in and hold it gently, and then let it slowly out. Breathe in until your lungs feel comfortably full and hold it, and then breathe out. Focus on your breath moving in and out of your lungs, feeling your lungs fill and stretch, and then breathing out and feeling your lungs contract and relax. Breathing in, breathing out. This happens all day long, every day, every night, without your having to think about it at all. Your lungs breathe in air, filling your body with oxygen. Your lungs breathe out carbon dioxide, readying your body for yet another healing breath. Spend a moment just focusing on your breathing in and out. Focus now on your legs. Feel the way they are resting. Stretch them out long and tight and then let them drop back down. Stretch them out again and then relax. Wiggle your toes and flex your feet and then let them relax. Feel a comfortable warmth radiating up from the bottoms of your feet into your calf muscles, relaxing the lower part of your legs. Now up past your knees, the warmth moving into your thigh muscles, relaxing. Allow that good feeling to travel up the trunk of your body, into your shoulders. Shrug your shoulders up towards your ears and then let them fall. Lift them up again and relax. Feel the warmth move down your arm toward your biceps, toward your elbows, relaxing as it goes. Down your forearms, into the palms of your hand. Feel the warmth of your palms. Stretch out your fingers wide and then curl them into a gentle fist and relax. Stretch out your fingers again, and then let them rest. The warmth moves slowly back up your arms and into your neck. Feel the muscles on either side of your neck tense up, and then comfortably relax. Move your head from side to side, slowly rocking back and forth. Relax. Moving up to your jaw muscles, let those muscles slacken and relax. Feel the relaxation move up your cheekbones into your forehead. Let go of any remaining tension in your face. Smile and relax. You are safe. You are loved. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. Nothing to worry about, nothing to do. You can just 
relax. Our scripture passage today is from Romans chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. In today's passage, Paul spans the entire biblical history from the opening chapters of Scripture until his present time. He holds up to the readers two examples of humanity, Adam and Jesus. In the first book of the Bible, Genesis, Adam is the first human being created along with Eve. They were given a paradise garden called Eden in which to live. Eden was filled with trees that provided food and nourishment, all that they could need. Within that garden was one tree that was forbidden to them, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When Adam and Eve disobeyed and ate the fruit of that tree, that was our world's first sin, and they were cast out of Eden. Paul argues that Adam's sin of disobedience spread throughout the generations to each human being, an inherited proclivity to disobey and defy God's will for our lives. Until the 20th century, Geneticists believed that our genes were the sole building blocks of our bodies, passed down from parents to children in our DNA. But in the 20th century, they began to realize that our DNA was sometimes modified in ways that did not change the DNA, but could influence whether a particular gene sequence would be turned on or off. Scientists coined the term epigenetics, meaning above or on top of genetics. Environmental factors, lifestyle choices, could affect the way our genes are expressed. These changes could lead to increased health or to disease. What was even more amazing was the realization that these epigenetic modifications could actually be inherited, passed on from generation to generation. The choices our ancestors made, the environments in which our parents lived, our grandparents, their parents, that continue to affect our lives today. Paul writes, 
When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, and so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Thinking back over your life, in what ways do you see that the choices of your parents, their personalities, their flaws, their strengths, their lifestyle, how did these affect you as a child? How do they continue to affect you now? Take a moment to lift up to God the effects that have been painful with which you have struggled. As we listen again to the passage, imagine that this letter was being written to you. Listen to the words as if you are hearing them for the first time. What are you thinking as you hear Paul's words? How do they make you feel? What words or phrases speak to you today? But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads back to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness, for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. In a seminary class talking about the sin of Adam and Eve, one student asked why God would have placed that forbidden tree in the Garden of Eden. Wasn't that just tempting them cruelly, he asked. Why did God do it? My professor answered, unless you have the ability to say no, your yes is meaningless. God gave humanity the choice to trust in God and to follow God's plan, or to say no to God and disobey. They chose disobedience and the consequences. Unless you have the ability to say no, your yes is meaningless. That makes what Jesus did even more remarkable. Jesus, the Son of God, divine and perfect, came down into our human mess, became one of us. And on that night, when he knew that he was facing arrest and death, he knelt in the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed to his Father. At the end of that prayer, he said, But not my will, but yours be done. Jesus had the ability to say no, to walk away, to take up his throne again without going through the cross. 
he could have looked at us and decided that we weren't worth it. He could have said no. But he said yes, out of love, out of love for us, out of love for you. What does it mean to you that Jesus was willing to endure all that he did in order to save you, to show you the depth of God's love, to offer you freedom and hope? Spend a moment talking with God about Jesus' choice to say yes. As our time today comes to an end, spend a moment telling God all that is on your heart and mind this day. This day, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace.